Welcome into Jets Nation Radio. I'm Angus Hout. Today we are joined by Connor Harabich. I am so bad at last names. So sorry, <laughs> Connor. Uh, but Level Flight Podcast, uh, how's it going? It's going good. Uh, Jets finally played a game last night. There's a real game to talk about. Uh, the season has begun and I could not be more excited. It's going to be oh. fun. Absolutely. And I mean, the boys are playing their hearts out last night. Not the result we wanted to see. Before we get to the Jets, I got to talk about Betway because, well, they do sponsor this podcast. So if you're in Ontario and you're 19 plus, you want to make some bets on really anything hockey or sports related, get out there, go to Betway and uh, please play responsibly. So yeah, Connor, uh, last night, what are your thoughts on uh, the Jets last night? Yeah, I mean, they they dropped 5-3, but for the majority of that game, they controlled the flow of play. I mean, they they almost doubled Calgary's shots. Uh, Markstrom had an incredible game for Calgary. Mangiapane had the two goals. And uh, it it would have been a lot worse if they had lost 5-3 and gotten blown out in the shot department. But they controlled everything, expected goals, course, all the fancy analytics. Uh, so I thought it was a really strong effort from the Jets, actually. And their, their forward group, the depth was on full effect. Oh, absolutely. You love to see everything out of it. The only issue i kind of have is again me being nitpicky but nate schmidt minus two on the night and there's a couple of hiccups from him uh do you think he's going to be the long-term solution for the winnipeg jets this season yeah you know it's it's interesting conversation because is nate schmidt even in the lineup last night if Vili hanala doesn't uh fracture his ankle right that's that's the question i maybe they give schmidt an extra two games off if hanala is healthy right and they let him get back up to speed after missing the majority of training camp. But I think it'll be a conversation when Ville Hanel is healthy that is he going to replace Nate Schmidt, uh, especially if Nate Schmidt continues to struggle. Now, Nate Schmidt, like I said, missed the majority of training camp with an injury. He's rusty. He's getting up to speed. I think that he'll put that worst game behind him and he'll be just fine moving forward. But I still think it'll be a conversation uh, in eight to 12 weeks when Ville Hanel is presumably healthy. Do you think one of the younger defensemen, you know, um, not Sandberg, but uh, Stanley or um, the other one, I'm blanking on him. Chisholm. Uh, Chisholm. Uh, do you think either of them will have that opportunity? Will uh, step into the lineup if uh, Nate Schmidt continues to have poor performances? I think Declan Chisholm would be the the safer bet to replace him just because of the play styles. Uh, they're very similar in the way they play. They're both puck movers. Uh, they're both good skaters. If Nate Schmidt continues to struggle over this homestand, and it's it's a big homestand coming up with Florida, LA, and Vegas, if he continues to struggle, I why not give Declan Chisholm a shot? Right? Uh, it's it's going to be interesting because Nate Schmidt's contract is near six million dollars, and are you really going to sit a player who has a six million dollar contract? Right? So it's it's something to monitor, but I really I don't f- see Declan Chisholm making it into the lineup at least in the next week or two, but Obviously, anything could change. And if Schmidt can continues to struggle, why not? Why not? Yeah, I mean, get some of those young guys in. And yeah, it sucks that $6 million might have to set in the press box. But I mean, that one game that he sat in the press box last year, you know, didn't he turn it around almost overnight after that? So maybe a night sitting yeah. might help Nate Schmidt. But like you said, he's got to kick some rust off the, off the body because he did miss that time. Uh, mm-hmm. Big news this week. I mean, I don't know what you were up to on Monday when you heard the news <laughs> that both Mark Shifley and Connor Hellebuck were signed to identical deals. But what are your thoughts on that? I mean, I like most people, it was Canadian Thanksgiving. So I was at a dinner um, and I was just fresh off the ice of my own hockey game. And this massive news drops and I, I was flustered to say the least. But 
Um, you you don't see this. You don't see players sign the exact same contract in the exact same day for the exact same amount of years. It's just it's rare, and it's it's one of the craziest moments in Jets 2.0 history. You know, signing their first ever draft pick. Uh, both of them signed for their age 37 season. I believe these deals don't even kick in until next year. So it's it's a monumental moment for the franchise and them coming in at the same dollar value, same term um, is a little ironic. And it's they're, they're both so important to this franchise and you can't it, 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 it didn't make sense to do one without the other. Like if you signed Hellebuck but traded Shifley, um, then what really is the direction and then vice versa as well. So I think it made a lot of sense. I think they could have picked a better time to do it because <laughs> a lot of people were, you know, having dinner, um, busy with family and whatnot. But yeah, I uh, it's it's huge for the franchise. Massive. Uh, and yeah, I thought it was a joke at first. I saw it on NHL Breakers on Instagram. I'm like, why are they pulling a joke on us on a Monday? Uh, yeah. But long term, what what do you think this does for the team? Is this like a good long term move? Or is this like, you know, for the next two to three, this is going to be great. But, uh, you know, years four through seven, this is going to suck a lot. Yeah, I think in the short term for the next two, three, four years, like you said, I think this is a great move. I mean, you you lowered their cap hit a little bit especially hellebuck getting him for under nine million is in my opinion a seal of a of a contract those last few years might hurt it, they really might you might see a blake wheeler-esque um decline from either of these players and then a buyout but you know these contracts are front-loaded i think i believe both players are only making six million in their final year and with the cap expected to jump i don't think it'll be much of an issue as much as blake wheeler was and uh, his contract, I mean, obviously, is the greatest jet since they returned. Uh, but I think with the cap expected to jump, and it would have jumped, reminder, for Blake Wheeler's sake, uh, if it weren't for COVID, obviously. But with it expected to jump, I think these contracts are going to age just fine. Uh, and in the short term, this is a great move. I mean, you lock down both these players, lower AAV, and you've got a new Stanley Cup contention window. Three, four years. Here they go. Whoa, three to four years, you're thinking we might have a shot at the cup? That, I think that's the window. I think if they're going to compete, you know, maybe move prospects, move picks, go all in. I think the next three to four years is it. Um, obviously, you'd like to see it sooner rather than later because these players are already 30, right? And you don't want to be going all in in Connor Hellebuck's age 36 season. Um, I'm not me. I'm not talking about the last couple of years of the deal, but these next two to three years, I mean, if Cole Perfetti pans out and all the four first round prospects that are waiting in the wings pan out and make it into the lineup. I don't know. This so is, if, this is it. If it meant like a cup run, <laughs> would you be willing to move on from one of those young four guys? I think you, I think you have to, I mean, in it, you don't have to, in the sense that if all the players are, are on the right trajectory, uh, then you obviously wait it out and the players you'll benefit because they will be great. They might end up being lifetime jets, but if Mark Scheife and Hellebuck are entering their age 32 season and you still have all these prospects and they haven't developed yet and, you, you know, the clock is ticking, I think it, it may come to that in, in the next three years. I could definitely see it. I mean, I'm behind it. If, if, if it means we got to lose my guy Rutger McGrady for a Stanley Cup, I think it's worth it. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, I guess anything's worth it for a Stanley Cup. At that oh, point. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, what do you think this actually means for like the city of Winnipeg seeing two superstars actually commit to being here? And does that get rid of that narrative that Winnipeg sucks? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, people people are obviously still going to say that um, it's wrong. Winnipeg does not suck. But uh, yeah, it's huge for the city. Huge, huge, huge. The narrative that players don't want to play here. Every player walks at their very first opportunity. Um, they're they're bucking that trend by making these two players what I think will be lifetime jets, right? They'll they'll be here till they're 37. Um, and then at that point, maybe they'll play one year like Blake Wheeler somewhere else. But I think um this this is just huge for the city. You know, your first ever draft pick when the team comes back, he's gonna be here for seven more years after this one. I think uh, fans should be happy. I know fans have kind of, you know grown worrisome with Mark Shifley's defensive game and rightfully so. But when you see something like this first ever draft pick, he pans out, he becomes a top line center and he's going to be here for 15 plus seasons. I think that's something that fans should be stoked about. Oh, hundred percent. Like I, I'm the first guy to ra- uh, rail on Mark Shifley for his poor defensive game. But uh, sometimes we got to get a little harder on Kyle Connor too. Cause that guy, he lacks that defensive skill sometimes. Uh, do you think these, uh, do you think both uh, Connor and, uh, Mark are going to retire, retire his jets and we'll see 55, 37 go up into the rafters on the same night now. Oh yeah, that would be, that would be quite the first full circle moment after signing their contracts on the same day. Uh, I think now that they've done this, I think they are lifetime jets. I think this takes them to their age 37 season, like I've said. And at that point uh, they're either going to retire or maybe play one more year with the jets. I think it'll be, I don't think they're going to let them go. And I do think 37 is a lock to go up in the rafters. I think uh, Shifley, I'm a little more hesitant on, but the fact that he was their first ever draft pick, I think makes him near a lock. I think Hellbuck, there's a hundred percent chance. Obviously, if he plays the next seven years, he's a Vesna trophy winning goaltender, the best goaltender in franchise history, 1.0 or 2.0. I think he's a lock to go up, but Shifley, I'm a little more hesitant, but I, I think he's there too. That's interesting that you say that because I would be a little bit more hesitant on Helly rather than really? Mark Shifley. Yeah. Okay. Especially if Mark does finish his career as a Winnipeg Jet. Mm. Uh, you know, if he stays in Winnipeg for all but one year, his number has to go up into the rafters. Just because I think he they'll was both that go first up. guy. Yeah. Yeah. For the record, I think they'll both go up because Shifley's going to play a thousand games as a Jet. He's going to score however many goals as a Jet. Yeah. I, I think he's a lock to go up. Um, or near a lock. I just think Hellebuck with the Vesna trophy, um, that kind of seals it for me that no matter what, he his numbers should go up there. Yeah, 100%. And I mean, if there's one guy that's going to drag the Jets to the playoffs and hopefully a cup, it's going to be Mar- or, uh, Connor Hellebuck. Mm-hmm. Uh, how many games do you think uh, Hellebuck actually gets into this year? Yeah, so I wrote, I think a week ago, that I like Lauren Brassois to play more than 27 games this year, which means Hellebuck, well, what would that be? Uh, I'm not good at quick math, but it, it, last year he played like 65 and that mm-hmm. that'll come down. I think um, that would be closer in the mid fifties, I think is the right spot for Hellebuck. Uh, last night he gives up four goals on 21 shots. You don't want to see that from a guy that you just signed for seven years, but he'll bounce back. He's Connor Hellebuck. Uh, but you pay up 1.75 million for Lauren Brassois. Uh, that is more than teams are paying for backup goaltenders. Teams are paying league minimum and just picking up goalies off the street for their backups, right? Especially when you have an elite starter and they made it a priority. Now, 
you have Hellebuck for the next seven years. So now is the time you need to start limiting his workload. You can't keep playing him 65 plus games facing all these shots or else, like I said, the last four or the last three years of that deal are just going to be kind of treading water. You might see a buyout. Uh, but if you can start limiting his games now and remain a competitive team, that's the way to go. And I think they start that this year with Lauren Brassois. Oh, I sure hope so. Because, yeah, 65 plus games. And the guy sees the most grade A shots against yeah. versus anyone else in the league. I think that Connor Hellebuck it, with the Tampa Bay Lightning would have had way more success than Vasilevsky. Um, yeah, Vasilevsky's clutch, though. He is. He just, he's so clutch. He gets it done when you need him. And that's he's Mr. Game Seven. If there was a, if there was one for goaltenders, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But I don't even think the Tampa Bay Lightning would have needed Game Sevens with Connor yeah, Hellebuck kicking around. Yeah, that's a good point. It's a good point. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, so like last night, Jets played phenomenal. We were like real happy about their play style. Obviously, score sucks, but do you think the Jets playing that style of game is sustainable over eighty-two games? I do. Now, health permitting. I think that's, I think it's sustainable. <laughs> now, Nikolai Ehlers got like, quote unquote, hurt. We we haven't heard yet. We don't know how hurt he is. He might've just been a, a stinger, but he, you know, kind of ran into the boards, got shaken up a little bit at the end of the game. If any one of those forwards in the top six were to miss time, then it all of a sudden doesn't really become a sustainable way to play because the way they played last night was coming in waves, using all four lines, four checking. Uh, and if... Again, if one of those top six lines, then it's a trickle down effect. The fourth line isn't as effective. The third line isn't as effective. Um, and then ultimately the top six isn't as, isn't as effective, especially if they're missing one of its key parts, right? I do think it's sustainable, health permitting, because if any if any injuries were to happen, then they still have elite depth, but it would shore up pretty quickly. But for the time being, I mean, the bottom six is the best we've seen in years and they brought it last night uh and that'll be something we're watching against these elite teams coming in this week because they also have good bottom sixes not in florida's case they're kind of their defense and bottom six is kind of questionable they're they got the star players but how will this bottom six against the contenders in the west you know how will they stack up it'll be something to watch but i do think it's sustainable nice i love to hear it uh of the three new guys from the la kings who are you most excited to watch this season after last night's game, I kind of want to say Alex Ayafalo, but uh, but I'm going to stick with Velarde. He was kind of my breakout pick before the season started. I'm going to stick with that. That line absolutely crushed their minutes at five on five last night. And I think Gabriel Velarde's in for a huge season. He broke out last year um, with the 23 goals. He was on pace for 30 if he played 82. Uh, he missed a few games last year. But I think on that top line with two very gifted offensive players in Cal Connor and Mark Shifley, who both scored last night. I think uh, Velarde's in for a huge season, and it's only a matter of time before they start to build chemistry and it starts to show up on the score sheet. Oh, 100%. I mean, you look at that backhand pass that he, Velarde had in the preseason. I am still not over that, and I know it didn't matter. Um, but do you <laughs> think, like, with all of that skill right up front that we might see a fir our first 100-point player in Winnipeg since uh, 2.0? That's a good question. I do know Murata Tesh of the Athletic uh, after last night's game wrote that he thinks Cal Connor is going to get 100, which if anyone's going to do it, it's going to be him, right? I, I don't think Shifley... Shifley is a really gifted goal scorer, and last year he scored 42, uh, but getting the the 60 assists on top of that would be, I, I think, a bit of a stretch from Mark Shifley, but 
If anyone's going to do it, it's going to be Kyle Connor. He's going to have to score 45 plus goals and get 55 plus assists, obviously. But I think it's possible. I mean, that top line looked so good and so dominant and they scored two goals. And why can't they do that every game, right? They're they're an offensive juggernaut. Uh, they'll beat up on inferior opponents. They'll put up big points. And Cal Connor suffered a little bit of shooting luck, bad shooting luck. Uh, last year, I, there was the first 15 games. He only had like an empty net goal or something, but he was generating all the chances, just wasn't getting lucky. And maybe this year he does. And then that results in him getting 100 points. I don't think it'll happen. I think he gets close, though. I think he gets over 85. Ooh, interesting. I, I've got him down as the first 50 goal scorer and first 100 points mm, guy. Uh, that was wow. my bold prediction for this season. I uh, like it. I like it. Yeah. Oh, I mean, if it means we succeed and go to the playoffs, absolutely. You're all, everyone's in on that. Uh, and I mean, Velarde had seven shots on goal last night. If, you know, even if it goes down to an average of three and a half shots on net a night, that yeah. guy's going to be racking up points left, right, and center. Um, well, that's everything I've got. Actually, I've got some fun questions for you. I didn't ask okay. these beforehand, Sorry. but would you rather go to uh, out to the White Shell or would you rather go up to Riding Mountain? Out to the White Shell. I, I camp there a lot with my family. Um, and I absolutely love it there. So that, that's an easy one for me. Nice. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Everyone says the white shell. How can you yeah. not? Like I'm a good How old, you not? right. Like I'm a good old Berta boy. I love my mountains. But when I first moved to Manitoba, I got out to the white shell. I was like, yeah, I'm not going back out West. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's great out there. I uh, absolutely love it. Nice. Uh, what is your favorite restaurant here in the city? Oh my goodness. There's so many to choose from. This, this, I don't know. I, I'm a big breakfast guy. So, you know, Stella's is like classic. I mean, that's, that's just a, a nice place. OEB just opened up downtown. Um, if you ever go there, try their Noki. I'm a big fan. Um, but I don't know. I'm a big breakfast guy. So, and there's no shortage of breakfast places. Um, Modern Electric Lunch is another one that's downtown is really good. Um, yeah. I'm just, I, I, I love breakfast. That, yeah. that's my thing yeah. who doesn't love a good breakfast and stella's oh, yeah. that uh, mexican breakfast that you can't go wrong with that any that's money that's oh, money yeah. yeah throw all that chorizo uh sausage on top <laughs> of it mint yes uh and uh what's your favorite concert you've been to here in the city oh i went to morgan wallen um this was this is fresh this was september 28th it was only a few weeks ago so i i gotta go with that i mean i don't, I don't go to many concerts i went to bruno mars when i was young uh, but Morgan Wallen was one of my first concerts since then. And, uh, that crowd was just incredible. He's a great performer, obviously the biggest country artist in the world. So, um, yeah, he's, he's amazing. And I had a great time. So I'm going to, I'll go with Morgan Wallen. It's an easy, easy answer. Yeah. That's, that's a money one. I, I was, yeah. I'm kind of kicking myself for not getting tickets to that show. I had the opportunity yeah. to have free tickets and I said, no, I'm like, Oh, what was I thinking? Yeah. Yeah. Rookie maneuvers. Either way, <laughs> yeah. Connor, thank you so much for your time. And uh, I look forward to talking to the about the Jets with you sometime in the future as well. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. This was this was a blast. Absolutely. Uh, have yourself a good one and uh, go Jets go.